0: all right, it's Monday, May 24th. Welcome to the Ohioan. As usual, I have Brandon and Craig with me. How, how are you guys doing today? Doing well. Yeah, I'm doing okay. Um, been a fun weekend, lots to talk about. And, you know, hey, we got to start out with our amusement parks. What Man, it's getting nice. We're starting to go to amusement parks. There's lots of news happening out there. Uh, first of all, Kings Island. Now, I have not been to Kings Island recently. I got to head back. Uh, We're supposed to have their PR director on before long, but it was kind of a tough weekend for Kings Island. They literally had to close the park early. Uh, There were some fights Saturday night, some unruly guests, and they closed it early. Uh, It was about a half hour early. Uh, They said there was a couple fights in the afternoon, and there's a large fight that happened just before 10 p.m. Um this set was mostly uh, involving juveniles. There were no arrests made, but it, it can't be a good thing. Um, Brandon, are we just all excited? It's the summer. I mean, what, what do you think's happening here?
2: So excited that we're getting into fights is—is is that the <laughs> question?
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I—I'm not going to say like King's Island's a rough place to be. I mean, you know, these things happen. But why are we all fighting at King's Island? It's like. I know. I think we lost Brandon there for a second. Um, Craig, your take on King's on? What do you think's going on down there?
3: I don't know. There must be something in the uh, the air. I don't. I don't know. It's it's odd that uh, people would go there to fight. I don't know what you know. It's it's hard to know what the fights were about. But um, at the end of the day, I I just can't imagine why someone would uh, would think, oh, let's go to a park and get into a fight over the smallest things. Probably, who knows what'll happen? It was hot. Maybe people were just a little. Unsettled, and just uh you know everything kind of boiled over, I guess, and they decided let's get into a fight, but can't imagine why people get into fights at, at theme parks, but here we are talking about it on a Monday morning.
0: well, it's interesting. They talked to one of the attendees that was talking about there's large groups of older teens and young adults shouting, pushing, being aggressive it, it said it seemed to be like a a weird atmosphere. Um, one of the, uh, people told, uh, since I inquired, there were a lot of F-bombs that felt rough. Um, and then, you know, check it out. This guy, and we're going to talk about Sear Point in a second. He said, hey, he thought the park was understaffed. Um, the, the attendee said that the mill detectors, there's one guy watching four uh, of them. So, I don't know. I mean, you know, these things happen. I mean, let's don't, you know, go crazy about it. I think one of the things that really hurt our malls is, you know, you get in a situation where instead of becoming, Hey, this is a good place for people to go and everything. It becomes more of a, like a teen hangout spot and Hey, kids are kids. These things happen. I don't think we need to go too overboard with it, but how do we stop making uh amusement parks into the malls? Because when the malls kind of became a teen hangout spot, it kind of a devalued the experience and B, it led to more kids being kids.
3: Yeah, it seems like it's, uh, you know, I don't know if it's one of those things where parents and guardians just like send their kids there so they can get them out of their hair for a day. And, you know, there's uh, obviously some level of supervision, you know, at at a theme park, unlike a mall where there's really not as much supervision. So maybe it's just a a good place for parents to drop their kids off for uh, babysitting purposes, I suppose. Yeah, and they they can't be what
0: I mean I, I definitely see that's a problem but they can't be what you know it, it needs to be I mean that's not a good uh, thing um you know they said um you know King Island up their wage for part-time employees to 15 bucks an hour um, should be good I don't know um Brandon you know and telling Craig about this um you know kids are kids but you know. When there's fights in the malls, it kind of devalues the malls. I mean, do you think that this could uh, be the case in amusement parks down the road?
2: Uh, that's a good good um, observation there. Um, comparing it to like the malls, uh, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, I think amusement park. You would think there'd be a lot more um, structure structure there and i think i don't know ticket prices i think would be a barrier enough to where it's more of a family outing or a school trip outing um i don't know who who are these teens that have some have found transportation um i guess it depends you know on how how they get there i guess if it's like you know you know it's a group of Six year olds, one of them has a license drive down, I suppose, but um, um I don't even know how. This sounds, this sounds like uh, the fights might have broken out amongst more 13, maybe in that range. I, it thinks like you would think there'd be some sort of um, guardian uh, accompanying them down to, to King's Island. It just seems kind of strange to say, hey, you guys drive uh, 35 minutes out from Cincy or Columbus. I mean, it's probably to about two hours or so, or an hour and a half to, from Columbus. But the point is, it's just, um, uh, um, yeah, the dynamics of uh, how they get there and, you know, what's kind of like the age range is my, my questions.
0: Yeah, we're going to talk about COVID in a second. But, you know, we're trying to open up with COVID. And we're going to talk in a minute about, is this a good idea or not? But, I'm wondering, Craig, are people kind of do we have this COVID anxiety? I mean, you know, we weren't doing what we're doing now last year, and I mean, are we too freaked out, like going, "Oh man, we're opening up. Let's make sure it's okay." And you got this anxiety, and your your um, uh, your mood is at all time high. And man, if somebody messes up, you're you're ready to fight. I mean, are we <laughs> just apprehensive? Like, are we so excited to get out? If you get in my way, I'm gonna fight you. I don't know.
3: I don't know. I don't know if I buy that. I mean, I, I understand that there's anxiety and, and depression and things like that that come with COVID. But I also think that that can be used as a crutch, an excuse for something like this, where someone gets into a, you know, a fight or whatever and just says, well, it's COVID's fault. I've been cooped up so long that, you know, I forgot how to act in society. I, you know, at the end of the day, you should know right from wrong fighting in the theme park should probably not be on your bucket list and it probably shouldn't be something that happens. Um, but it does, you know, we, we get it, you know, fights happen in the most strangest, of, you know, places, but I don't know if I would buy the idea that it's, it's COVID related that, you know, people are all cooped up and now they're ready to go and they don't know how to function in the society that we used to live in. So yeah, I think it's mostly just an excuse for, that, that people can hang on to if they want to get into a fight or whatever.
0: Yeah. And, and you know, the hope I hear, and I know the PR director for uh, King Zong well, pretty well, and I know that they're they're committed to providing a good experience. And, you, you know, sometimes after this thing happens, you, you make adjustments. And, again, I don't necessarily think this is King Zong's fault. I think it's more of, you know, people just got charged up for whatever reason. They're trying to figure out, and, you know, King Zom will react well. And, you know, Craig, last week, uh, example of this is he wrote about Cedar Point. There were some people complaining about the first weekend of experiences at Cedar Point. And, man, Cedar Point, listen, man, Craig, when you talk, people just, uh, you know, your reporting causes changes, Craig. How about that? <laughs> yeah, because – at Sear point uh tony clark who's the director of communications out there uh made a tweet friday afternoon um saying hey look we're adding more people uh and now we're going to increase our part-time wage for all positions to 20 bucks an hour so you you know we're you you know we're going to give complimentary tickets to families and friends um you know we're doing a lot for employees and and here's what we're going to do Craig, do you think this is going to help?
3: I mean, I I hope it does. I can't imagine it wouldn't, but, I mean, we've also, you know, we've also seen some people may not still be comfortable working yet. There may be some people that, um, especially, you know, J-1 visa workers that aren't able to get over here and and work. So, obviously, this is a nice step in the right direction, but, you know, it's not a guarantee that people are going to fill these jobs when, Maybe they just don't want to work, maybe they can't work, or maybe they, you know, are just, you know, getting other jobs. Who knows? Brandon, uh, you and I both like our jobs.
0: We're not, you know, leaving our jobs or anything. But, man, the, the more and more Cedar Point does, man, it's almost going to make sense for us to go work at Cedar Point. <laughs> I, I mean, what, what do you think about all this stuff they're adding to their positions up there?
2: Uh, It's again going back to the theme of uh, the worker shortage lately, um, and that there's so many in this push for you know something's got to give. Either wage increases need to go up uh, to make because we've come. I think COVID's kind of like this uh, wake up call, saying is this job worth uh, uh, worth worth the worth the, uh, the measly minimum wage rate go out, risk your life for, um, and and I think a lot of workers are like, no, (laughs) um, you know, it's, um, you know, especially if they can get unemployment, of course, it's very difficult to get unemployment, Uh, you know, you have to have a a certain reasons to get on there. So it's not like everyone's just quitting their jobs and getting on there. That's not how it works, despite what politicians or certain media will tell you. But, um, um, You know, I think this also is kind of a maybe a perfect storm in a way of like, you know, with with a lot of tackling of immigration and the, um, you know, uh, and the Biden administration really tackling that. I don't even know if that has had put some pressure on just, you know, that pipeline of uh, of kind of I don't want to say I hate to say guaranteed low income workers uh, from, you know, the southern border would also have maybe some impact on the uh, it's hard to say i'm i don't want no i don't really it's that seems a big case when you just look at how those detention centers are just packed um and i don't wonder what it would is like probably even prior to a trump administration's approach to um to um because there was actually a lot of deportations going on back in during the obama years but i just um i'm curious how those two things stack up over the years but um you know, ultimately, though, uh, you know, you know, if this pushes wages up, um, that's great for um, for workers. Um, I don't know. I, twenty dollars an hour for a part time job at Cedar Point. Um, man, that's that. Come on, high school kids. Uh, this is a time to get in there and save up some money for college or a certification or whatnot. I mean, it's it's a good opportunity, but. um. Um, I you know I do well. One last fun thing I saw on Twitter the other day: like McDonald's is trying to to get people to uh, uh get hired. There, some one McDonald's was offering: hey, if you sign up, you get a free iPhone. So, <laughs> I, I and P, and the person's like, "Wow, they'll do anything but offer a living wage." <laughs> but um, I just think it's kind of funny how we're trying to track workforces here.
0: Yeah, I understand what you guys are saying. I mm-hmm. mean, you've had you've had workers from different countries come and fill some of these jobs in the past. But yeah, I mean, Brandon, you talked about, you know, these places, Hey, step up. And yeah, I mean, it's a part-time wage and $20 an hour. Isn't like life changing money, but man, you know, my wife and I've talked about this. Um, she's a teacher. She's not going to be working this summer. Uh, and we've said, boy, it might be nice to get an extra uh, source of income. And again, not full time, just, Is there stuff we could do on the side? I mean, I'm a marketer. I'm a journalist. Can I write for somebody on the side? Man, and if maybe working five hours a week, even at a fast food place, can get some extra money, why not, you know? Um, My new favorite sandwich place in um, Columbus, Yogi's Hoagies, was saying, hey, you know, do you want to work? You know, pick your own schedule. You might have to work a weekend day, but – Hey, pick your own schedule. And I'm saying, again, don't expect to see me making sandwiches anytime soon. But I, I guess the thought is, man, there are things to take advantage of if you need an extra paycheck this time of year, you know? Oh, I mean, I would, consider, there too. Yeah. I would consider it to your point if I live closer. I mean, I'm a couple hours away, so it doesn't make sense. I mean, Craig, uh, Craig's spoke <laughs> to your point.
3: Craig, do well, you guys
0: do you work at Cedar Point? Time, no,
3: no, no. I have no desire to work at Cedar Point. now. okay. I'm I'm glad they've upped their wages, but I don't know that there's any wage that they could pay me to work there. I don't. Not a fan of roller coasters, so I'll pass. Well, what about like the food stand, like a little Celeste no, stand or something? No. Oh man, not not, not really interested in working in the uh, 99 degree weather every day for six months. So. Nope, man. Brandon uh, Craig is calling out your Point, saying you can't pay me (laughs) enough to work there. What's going on? Well, I don't think I'm their target audience, so um, I don't think they're looking for you know mid thirties men to work there. So, well, it sounds like they're looking for anybody. I mean, are you you a human being? Are you breathing?
0: Uh, Yeah,
2: to your point. So your Point puts out the after this. Here's our podcast. Put goes on the Twitter and says, "Mid thirties man desired." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> work, work, help, work needed. It's like you know, like midlife crisis is the better.
0: <laughs> I, Brandon, I think there's a huge negotiation going on between Tony Clark and and Craig, and you know, Craig uses podcast the uh, fire salvos back, you know. Craig's like 25 an hour, Tony, and, you know, yeah, shot fired yeah. by Craig.
3: Well, I, I'd probably get probably get in the way of my full-time job as a journalist, so, you know. i the side, right? <laughs> you do <go> a couple <laughs> hours in on a Sunday. It's, you
2: know, come on. Is, I, I, one thing about the story here, though, about the whole fight thing, it does remind me of, like, um, oh, so, man, I forgot how many years, maybe – or roughly four years ago, I'm gonna put put it around there. Like my wife and I go out to the Asian Festival uh, in Columbus, Ohio. Um, it's something they do every Memorial Day weekend, and um, um it's it's really it's a really big event. Um, a lot of vendors, a lot of good food. And they also have a lot of good performances. Um, and um, they had like this really fun event where like this popular Asian break dance group. Uh, was like the headliner for that event, so they had like it was fun we got to go down to the amphitheater part of the, the venue and um watch watch like this group perform but they also did like a break dancing competition when they had like um it was kind of, we were, we were i was kind of a bit of like um a donald trump because they they had like they would they had like a lot of good performers and we they didn't pick like this one good performer they actually picked this one really lame guy who was who didn't have a really good uh, performance. But so we were rooting for like the kid, this little nine year old kid who just had like the moves, like awesome. And it was getting really good. It was down to those two and about to perform. But then like uh, the cops got on on the stage saying, there's too many fights going on here. And sure enough, there were fights. Cause we've been, we noticed like, as we we're going through the venue, like there's like this group of people, it was like just following, like chasing and running, running around, uh, the area, and it was very strange. I didn't even see really anyone throwing a fisticuff out, but um, the cops were chasing them, sort of, or chasing along with them. It was bizarre, but um, we saw that for a while, going on for a while, but anyways, we're going, um, we're there at the event or something, and then um, the cops came on the stage and said, hey, everyone needs to go home. Uh, this event's canceled because of the fights, um, and uh, thank you for your cooperation kind of thing. So, I don't know. Maybe this is again another story about man. The youth, youth are just bored. I, I don't know. I mean, it's um, it's like something that happened prior to COVID, and it's something that will probably be around for a while. I don't know how you can how man if you if Cedar if Kings Island, Cedar Point, or any amusement park can't keep kids engaged, uh, what are we doing then? <laughs>
0: yeah. You got me thinking. I, I, I miss street performers. We need more street performers at our Cedar Point and at our intersections. Um, I was on a mission trip once in Ecuador, and we were in a small city there, and it freaked me out. I mean, I didn't know Spanish, so uh, there was definitely a language barrier. I mean, it was a Spanish speaking country, and we were at this um, park just talking to people, and uh, there's this guy who was starting to pour a little bit of gasoline on himself and on a rag, um, elbowing the other missionaries Are going, is something going on? I, I thought, you know, maybe <laughs> the guy's going to set a fire or something. Uh, he turned out to be a street performer. He was, like, you know, twirling fire or something, but it freaked me out. It was kind of wild. But I don't know. Yeah, well, I'll have to talk more Ecuador shows one day. It's kind of crazy. So, <laughs> All right. Any other thoughts on our King's Island and Cedar Point? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, hey, wish them luck. And, mm-hmm. you know, I know the King's on people a little bit better than Sear Point people, but it, it's good to see that they're responding. I mean, it's definitely a big park. A lot of money gets rained re- in. And it, it's good to hear that they're automatically responding when stuff happens. And, hey, we're in a different time of COVID. So uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens to these parks if so they can kind of solve some of the early problems of the season. I think we will just out of practice of how to do this stuff. Because last year, um, you know, the parks were open, but it was very different last year. And now that we're kind of getting back a little bit, it's just kind of adjustment. I mean, it's going to be weird to know oh, what people are going to do about everything. Um, hey, before we move on, I got some good advice for you. Um, we talked about these guys a lot, but remember Chase Bank. Um, if you need a bank right now, if you need to make a change, try Chase Bank. Click on the link on our podcast provider page wherever you listen to us on, our website. Um, Start an account, Uh, attach your direct deposit. You get two hundred twenty-five bucks in your account. It helps us as well. Uh, Try Chase Bank. It's worked for me, and we want it to work for you as well. Um, hey, big big weekend. Um, Colin Buchanan, friend of show from the Ohio Capital Journal. He broke some news on Saturday. Uh, Jenna Powell, who's one of our state reps, um, is um, preparing legislation. Um, this is good, an exciting week for Ohio. Uh, we're starting our 1000000 where uh, for the next five weeks, they're going to pick a $1 million winner uh, based on those who are vaccinated. Uh, they're also going to pick each week a student who got vaccinated to win a college scholarship to any state school in Ohio. Well, Tyler broke over the weekend that Jenna wants to do legislation to stop it. She feels that the money could be going to better places. Um, Tyler did uh, say in the story, and we're going to have him on later on the show uh, to discuss. uh, But Tyler says, "Hey, it's probably not going to be able to happen by Wednesday." I, you know, Brandon, is this a political stunt, or is it? Do you think there's anything uh, behind this? and i think Brandon's having some audio issues again Um, craig you you know what do you think about what's happening
3: well you know it does seem more like a political stunt here's why i mean this was announced the vax a million uh, lottery was announced what may 12th and we sort of wait until the bitter end i mean this is like fourth quarter two minute warning we're about ready to start giving this money away and all of a sudden this rep comes in and says, "No." Now I know that some things can take time, you know, it goes through the process of, you know, you probably have lawyers look at it and make sure it's okay. I don't think it would probably take that long for any, uh, you know, lawyer to figure out whether or not this is legal or not legal. And I would imagine that it shouldn't have took this long to maybe draft legislation. So I kind of think this is a political move just to to kind of create chaos.
0: Yeah. And, you know, she is very, she's been outspoken in the past against um, some of the things that government wine's doing. I, I just, I, I believe it's in this kind of a confusing tone. Um, you know, I think the jury's still out on the effectiveness of vaccine million. I think we're seeing some good signs saying that more people are getting vaccinated, which was what, you know, the government was pushing for. I, I think we're just, I don't know, Craig, it, it seems to think that it puts the media in a tough spot because, look, it's a Saturday, a slow news weekend. Uh, you know, you get news like that, you, you write it. I mean, it's a news story. It, it's definitely a news story. I'm, right. Craig, if you're the reporter there, you would have written the story. I would have written the story, but I'm sure Brandon would too. Um, but I think the hard thing about it is I think it was a story that, hey, it makes her look good. Um, the people who are against Maximilian or against uh, some things DeWine says, you know, it's like they're all, you know, pumping their fists saying, all right, you go, Jenna, you go, Jenna. But really, even if you're against what's going on, if it's not going to help, is it more posturing or is it really the thing to do? I mean, again, you could be against vax million. Uh, the jury's still out, in my opinion. I just don't like when we're doing things that we're just doing for political points. I mean, if you're against it, hey, make an effort, stop it, divert the money for something else. But when you're just putting out press releases to get, you know, big attention in the media, is it just helping your cause for down the road? Or is it? are you really trying to make a difference if you don't think that this is the best use of our money?
3: Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think a lot of people are kind of, you know, torn on this because I mean, who wouldn't want to win a million dollars? I mean, we've all, we've all probably signed up for it and I get that. But, and I also understand why some people are like, Hey, You know, we shouldn't be using, you know, taxpayer dollars to, you know, to give away money. And maybe, maybe people consider this a bribe to people. But I I just, why wait so late in the process when there's literally now we're two days away from the first drawing to kind of come out with this? It just, you know, seems like a, you know, just like a political ploy, just kind of a last minute Hail Mary to, get your name out there and, and try to ruffle the feathers of everybody and maybe put into question, you know, what's going on with this. I just, you know, I know that there's more than her, you know, she's not the only one opposed to this, but why they've waited so long in the process just baffles my mind.
0: Well, I think the answer to your question just with the whole thought of, Hey, you know, you get your name out there. Um, yeah. You know, we've seen that in the media a lot, you know, a lot of times, <laughs> Um, you know, you you want to make a statement. You want to, you know, get your word out there. So you just, you know, you throw out a comment. You know, the media's going to pick up on it. And, you know, maybe not everybody is in favor of what you're saying, but hey, you get your word out there and, you know, you kind of fulfill what argument you've made in the past. You know, right. yeah, I just, it, it again, you know, this happens. It, it's going to happen in the future. Uh that's the way politics works. I, I just I don't know sometimes you get tired of the posturing. You know what I mean? I I get tired of the I, I'm willing to hear different opinions and everything else. But when you're doing stuff just for how it looks, just eh, it frustrates me a little bit.
3: Well, and there's there haven't been very very I, I don't know I don't really know a ton about dark county as far as population goes, things like that. It looks like about 29% of their population has been vaccinated. So probably not where you'd like to see it. And, and maybe that's a reflection of the people that, and, and maybe this 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 representative, maybe this is the voice of her people. Like, you know, the people she represents just don't want to get it. So they don't care about the lottery. So maybe kudos to her for listening to her constituents. I don't know, but I can't imagine out of the 14,890 eight people that have been vaccinated, or at least started their vaccination. I can't imagine none of those people have signed up for the lottery or don't want to win the million dollars. So I think you got to look at it from that perspective too. But maybe the overall, you know, thought from the people that, you know, she represents in this county are, we don't think this should be used. You know, this money should be used for a lottery. But then again, what if someone from Dark County wins one of the lottery? You know, I mean... So I don't think anybody's going to complain about winning the lottery, even though they may publicly say, you know, it shouldn't be, you know, held because it's taxpayer dollars or whatever. But if you signed up and you win, you're going to be forgetting all about that and be excited about winning a million dollars.
0: You know what kind of bothers me, too? And let's talk about this now because it's COVID. Um I was watching some sports over the weekend, which is good. I um, got to catch up on some things. I'm not a huge golf fan, but I watched the end of the PGA Championship. Uh, congrats to Phil Mickelson. Um, became the oldest uh, guy to win a major. And that's great. Um, had a good moment with my daughter. She was watching it. We were talking a little about golf. So we, um, you know, shared with her some stuff. And it was good father-daughter moment. So, yeah, I mean, it was great. My goodness, Craig, there was a billion people there. And a lot of excitement with Phil Mickelson. I don't know if you saw the highlights. Um, You know, people rushed to green and everything else. Right. And I know, okay, more of us are getting vaccinated. I know the cases are down a little bit. But COVID's not over. And I saw some tweets every weekend going, yay, Paul, Phil Mickelson kicked, you know, COVID's, you know, enough word for but and everything. And I'm like, I don't think he did. I think we're, we're in a little better situation where we were this time last year, I, I think we can admit. But COVID's not over yet. And I'm kind of wondering, I mean, I, I understand why Ohio's limiting the orders on June 2nd. I, I, I get that. I'm not saying we should all be banned to our homes for next year or two. But I don't know if we're really going to be paying attention to these COVID orders after they go away. I mean, we all talk about, oh, we're going to be careful. We're going to be careful. I mean, I was watching some goofy Oklahoma softball game. Fans were filled. You know, fans were filled with people. And, again, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure what the case rates are in Oklahoma or South Carolina compared to Ohio. But I'm like, huh, this is weird. Our Reds, they're going full – you know, uh, Reds are having trouble filling their stadium, but, you know, if they could sell a game June 2nd if they want, Indians could do that same thing. Right. Uh, I almost – Columbus Cruz made a definite announcement, but I, I could see them doing it too. And I, I guess my concern is – is this going to be kind of like a don't ask, don't tell? Where Yeah, the thing that we all say is, hey, we're being careful, but – I'm not sure if anybody's being careful, you know, starting June 2nd.
3: Yeah, I mean, we went, uh, my wife and I went grocery shopping yesterday. Um, you know, we masked up and we were walking in and there were some employees not wearing a mask. There were people not wearing a mask. There were a fair amount of people wearing masks that were shopping. But, you know, we saw employees not wearing masks. We saw some other, you know, shoppers not wearing masks. So, you know, we actually kind of looked at each other and it's like, should we just not wear a mask? I mean, no one else is wearing a mask. I mean, you know, we're vaccinated. We've been vaccinated now for a few months, but you know, we're still a little antsy about spreading the virus, you know, unknowingly or even knowingly spreading it. So, you know, I think we're, we're going to have a, you know, my wife and I are going to probably have a debate on June 2nd on, you know, whether or not we should continue to wear a mask, but you know, it's, um, you're looking around and, you know, a lot of, I think, Giant Eagle up here in Northeast Ohio. Uh, I'm not sure if they have any, um, you know, in Central Ohio or Southern Ohio, but, um, you know, they're uh, getting rid of mask mandates already. So, you know, some places are probably becoming a lot more relaxed and you kind of wonder now that, you know, the, the health order, like, you know, I, I told my wife this and I said, you know, when we saw these people <coughs> masks, I'm like, well, who's, who's going to do anything about it? I mean, at this point, you're a, a week or so away from the mask mandate being off. What's going to happen to you if you don't wear a mask? I mean, what's going to happen to you if a business, you know, if, if employees don't have masks? I mean, you know, we've talked about this for a long time. You know, are the mask police going to come in and arrest anybody? I doubt it. Are you going to get fined? I doubt it. And even if you do you're probably just going to pay your fine one last time and move on or, you know, whatever. I mean, or you could make your argument, you know, through arbitration about, well, the mask mandate was about ready to lift. So what's the difference? I mean, I think that's where we're going to get into now. I think, you know, I'm an, I'm anticipating not seeing a lot of masks once June 2nd hits.
0: Right. And everyone's going to be like, oh, we're careful. We're social distancing and everything, but You know, I mean, hey, you know, you you talk to someone who drinks. Hey, do you drink? I only drink a beer at two a time. Well, what are you going to come out and say? Yeah, I I drank 10 beers last night. You know, man, I got crazy drunk. You know, you're going to underestimate. I I think it's the same thing with COVID. I mean, unless you're, people are going to be like, hey, you know, we're, you know, we don't care. We're going to go crazy. Uh, But I don't know. I mean, Brandon, what do you think about this? Um, I I really think we're getting to a don't ask, don't tell. I mean, unless you're being a jerk, you're not going to sit there and say, I'm not following any COVID protocols. Everyone's going to be like, oh, we're being careful. But you see what happened at the PGA Championship where, I mean, people are crowded together. You're seeing more games. There's... More filled attendance wise, and yeah, people can say what they want about oh we're making sure everyone's fully vaccinated. Well, there's no vaccine passport, so it's this weird thing where we're like oh we're being careful, but nobody really
3: is.
2: Yeah, I think um you know it, I'm of two minds of this. I mean, I think you know businesses should be able to make their, their at the end of the day make their clientele or customers as comfortable as possible so having vaccinated sections or you know checking in to see if people are vaccinated or you know I think that if the goal is to make a a, a segment of their population comfortable then by all means but you know I do understand like this whole the whole concerns of like oh this feels like discrimination (laughs) but i feel like to compare this to like the historical discrimination of the fear of of years ago it's is uh is a bit of an overstretch um um kind of like well no one's kind of one one is based on public health public si- science and the other was just based off pure pure n- nonsense so um um you know i think but yeah it does seem like we're going to go more towards a don't ask, don't tell kind of vibe. I don't know. It's just um, kind of difficult to discern between people who are trying, you know, it's basically leave it up to the honor system. But hopefully that, that since that reality will encourage people to get vaccinated, um, you know, for those who are kind of vax hesitant, you know, Hey, you know, you're, you're kind of gambling with your, with your life, but you know, I guess, I guess that's uh just kind of like the, it's really the burden's now on you, the individual, to do your part.
0: Yeah, and I think it's going to cause people... I mean, we've got a couple of special needs kids and everything else. And look, we're hoping to enjoy more this summer. I'm not, we're not going to be hiding inside our house the whole summer. But on the other hand, if we're not sure people are fully vaccinated, we're not rushing out to the middle of a large event where they're not checking people. I mean... We all have to make decisions, and it's unfortunate. And I I think when we look back in in history, we're going to feel kind of silly where the stuff that we're fussing about in this is, oh, I don't know if I want to get vaccinated. What's in the vaccines or everything? Or, you know, they're taking away my rights. I mean, I I love history. And, and Brandon, you said this, Um, you know, let's look through history, even in American history, where they've taken away rights. I mean, I think there's a lot more egregious examples. I mean, look what happened to slaves, you know, in the, before 1860. I mean, there's a lot worse examples of our rights being taken away than what's happening now. I mean, I, I think people just need to get a grip. And I think as Americans, we get way too of bounds with what we perceive as uh having a rights stick away. I mean people act really ridiculous when it comes to that
2: i mean it's kind of like you know there's always this niche group that like i don't like it that the government requires me to wear a seatbelt in my car, but um you know, and they're always like they kind of feel like it's a bit of an like a bit of a a violation of their rights I guess is one way to put it um and I've always, I always roll my eyes at that, but, um, you know, it's kind of like, first of all, it's just demonstration of this lack of understanding of how our government works in America. It You know, like the founding fathers were never, were never a uh, government is the problem kind of politician. They actually said, hey, we need a government. They actually started the very first government, though, was a very weak government under the Articles of Confederation. And they realized this is too weak we're not it's not working so they went back and made a stronger federal government they have of course balanced it out with state rights and that's the real key thing here it's like it we got to balance you know you know the common welfare versus the individual welfare like you know we got to balance it out to make sure that we even have a country or some sort of essence of a country tomorrow um and maybe back in the 1918 with the Spanish influenza that we, our government was okay with hundreds and hundreds of people dying. Um, you know, well, Hey, fast forward hundred years later and our government actually gives a damn like, like, so the fact that people kind of, there's like this uh, dichotomy where people value liberty over life or life over liberty. I'm more, more of a, let's try to strike a good balance between the two. Um and um, that's kind of like how we should all rally around it. Like, how much is too much and how much is not enough? Um, you know, rather than trying to be take absolute positions on it, it's ridiculous.
0: Hey, Church yesterday, they were making the point, and they did more from a spiritual angle, but I think it's got practical um things with it too. Uh, they were talking about comparing this time to. Like, you know, in the 19 teens, you had World War One, Tough time. A lot of people died. Um, it was rough. And once we get out of that, uh, they were saying, hey, you know, you had that roaring 20s, which was great. You know, we all got excited, but we got distracted. And we got so distracted that, you know, the 30s came, which was the Great Depression. And they're making the point from a church side is don't get distracted spiritually when some of, Opening stuff, and you could do more stuff, and everything else. And I think that's a good point from the spiritual side, too. But I think it's a good point for how we handle reopening and how we handle making sure we stay um, what do you call it, um, Where you say, strategic, and, and you're really um, being careful with your health and everything. Um, you know, and that PJ title, great. Phil Mickelson won. Good for him. I'm excited for Phil Mickelson, but that doesn't mean we go crazy and crowd each other. And, um, you know, the other golfer in that group almost got injured because people were hitting his knee. They were so excited. And it's like, you know, we got to be smart in the way we handle our return back from COVID. So, um, But speaking of being smart, um, you know, I'm not sure what Ashley Home Store is doing with their return from COVID. I haven't seen a public announcement with that. But Ashley Home Store is offering great deals. Uh, You can do your shopping at home. Uh, If you click on the link on our uh, podcast page, podcast provider pages, they will give you a discount. Uh, they'll send you a coupon. You can sign up for right away, and you can use that for savings at um, online. You can do your sh- furniture shopping online. You can have it delivered to you. Um, do your shopping online. Don't mess with COVID protocols. Don't mess with getting out. Um, man, we have two kids, and thinking about going to shop for furniture with kids running around the store, it, it just – it freaks me out. I, I I don't want to deal with that. So do shopping at home, save you some time, energy, and you get the best of Ashley Home Store that way too. Check out the link in our website as well. Um, I have not flown for a while. There was like a two-year period, uh, guys, where I, I did a missions trip, we flew to Arkansas to adopt our first kid, we flew to Florida on vacation. We did all in a year or two. It was crazy how many flights it took. I don't think I've flown since then, but if you guys are ready to fly, uh, there's a new airline that's coming to here in Ohio and Columbus and Akron, Canton. Breeze Airlines. I'm not sure if you guys have heard about this, but the thing that kind of um, distinguishes Breeze Airlines is they're offering nonstop stop flights, um, one-way trips to Tampa, Charleston, South Carolina, Hartford, Connecticut, uh, New Orleans and Norfolk, $39. Bucks. Uh, there's no middle aisle seats. And, you know, they're, they're kind of, you know, they're, they're trying to be a competitor. Um, Brandon, there's been a lot of um, low-cost airlines. Um, obviously, we don't pay that much. There is some things that you kind of give back. Um, some of these low cost airlines haven't worked. Uh, you think breeze has any more chance of making it?
2: Uh, oh, well, uh, I think, uh, you know, I think the biggest, the biggest question here is like the spirit airlines, you know, is like, what's the, what are, what are the hidden costs or the, uh, additional charges? Um, um, those usually kind of add up to be more like it's the kind of the main switch here's the low price to get you interested then oh if you want these kind of amenities um you need to go in um tack that's a, a, for additional cost so it really comes down to you the first individual of whatever this business model works for you or not I don't know if breeze uh is um will uh, you know will it will be a good uh will be a better option than spirit because in so many. So many get uh, dismayed by it, but um, um, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. I mean, I, this is interesting to me. I like, you know, there are a couple destinations I like here, Tampa. I have family in Tampa. This might be a really nice option to ch- try to go down straight to Tampa Bay. And, um, but uh, uh, other than that, though, we'll have to, you know, I'll have to keep my eyes out and see what the initial feedback reaction's like.
0: Yeah. Craig, one of the things I didn't like about flights, um, I took a flight to Peru when I was doing all these flights. It was like a seven hour flight from New York to Peru, and I was in a middle seat. And as a big guy, man, middle seats suck, especially on a seven hour flight. Uh, no middle seats. Uh, now, you know, these are inter- introductory fares that could always go up, but. I, I don't know. I, I may try for no middle seats. I mean, that alone sounds kind of compelling.
3: Yeah. I mean, they're really uh, tugging at the heartstrings with a lot of people here that don't like the middle seats. So, you know, I, obviously this is an interesting, you know, beginning to this airline. You wonder if it's, uh, you know, going to compete with sort of the uh, the legacy airlines that are out there. But, you know, you can't really complain about Low fares and no middle seat. I mean, at this point, you know, it's almost like you got to give it a try, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, that alone kind of sounds compelling. I I'm interested <laughs> too, Brandon. Um, you know, Tampa, yeah, it's great if you want to go to the beach. I, I guess you New know, Orleans has got some appeal too. Um, you know, Richmond, Norfolk. Uh, I guess if you want to head down to, um, you know, Virginia Beach. That's kind of your way of getting there. I'm not sure about some of these other locations. Um, You know, Bentonville, Fayetteville, Arkansas, Huntsville. I mean, uh, um, Charleston, uh, you know, some of these not sound are appealing. Or Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm not sure if I really need to go to Tulsa, Oklahoma. I wonder how they pick some of these other places.
2: It might just be – it's really based off – probably looking at um flight data essentially like where are people going um uh, and I yeah I mean I'm curious um why people go from Columbus to these places I think but um you know cuz they have to look at you know you, the fact that people are willing to take you know a uh, 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 two flights you know uh, uh to get to these locations like particularly Connecticut actually I would have had a reason to go to Norfolk when um uh, my dad um lived there. Um, Norfolk, of course, is with Virginia Beach, but uh, um yeah, like um Hartford and uh, Charleston. Charleston's not too much of a surprise. I think it's starting to become a slow booming town. I think I might don't I'm not a South Carolina expert. I'm gonna move on from that, but um yeah um a lot of interesting um, um flights flight destinations here, but um, we'll have to see how it shakes out. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully, I'll
0: get the hate mail from Tulsa. I'm sure Tulsa's <laughs> a great city. I, I just don't know much about Tulsa. I mean, I I guess too, if, if you're traveling for work, and I'm imagining as um COVID restrictions start to ease a little bit more, there'll probably be more traveling for work. So, if you have, like, a company that you're working for that has office in Tulsa, yeah, I can understand being a big thing. I'm not sure about you know, the appeal for Tulsa, but we'll see. Hey, if you're out there and you know about Tulsa, let us know. I mean, I will to hear a little bit more. Okay, we're we're kind of up against the time, but I really want to get to this story real quick before we close for the day. In South Euclid, and we'll start with Craig on this one. Um, you know, Craig, lots of fighting in Ohio from Kings <laughs> Island to other places, uh, but I didn't know that we were going to be fighting at Walmart because – there was a fight in the store, and there was a Ohio woman that sold another person with a log of prepackaged meat. Um, Craig, when you, I'm not sure how many fights you get into each week at Walmart, but <laughs> have you ever been tempted to use a 10 pound log of ground beef?
3: No, I can't imagine i there would be anything that would that would uh, you know lead me to do that. Um, I'm kind of curious, though, if this is a 10-pound log of prepackaged meat. My question is, was it frozen or thawed? Because that would be really interesting. I mean, that would hurt quite a bit if it was a frozen log of meat.
0: Yeah, that would be kind of tough. And, and, two, you know, man, you're, you're wheeling around a 10-pound. A I mean, I think I could pick up 10 pounds of ground beef, but, man, uh they hit somebody with it, man. Kind of crazy, and you know, Brandon. You know, you're careful when you're at the store. You don't want to make eye contact with somebody, but it was strange. I mean, they're wearing a mask. This is during COVID time, and apparently, according to police report, they made eye contact with each other. Now, I guess they used to be uh, neighbors at a duplex, but man, they made eye contact. It was on. They both had kids. And the one woman says, Hey, I'm going to beat here. You know what? And she also said that to the seven year old. Man, things heated up pretty quick.
2: Yeah. Um, it's, uh, what can I say? We, we, just uh, I guess the quote, uh, Ronnie King, I guess, is can we all get along? <laughs> you know, and I know that was more in the context of officers and probably, uh, and, uh, black Americans, but still, like, it's still, I think a very useful question of, uh, of, um, you know, just a man, we can't even get along with each other at this point. Uh, it's just kind of dis- discouraging. It makes me make, lose a little faith in humanity at times, but, um, um, yeah. Um, so yeah.
0: Um, cool. Well, here's the other thing the the woman pulled down her mask and spit at the alleged victim and uh, according to police report which right now you talk about an attack or are you hitting each other with logs of ground beef or whatever man craig spitting it at somebody right now i mean that's almost what attempt to injure or attempt to murder anymore
3: yeah it it could be yeah i mean you know thinking about this uh, i i wish they would would give both women Ten pound logs of meat, and maybe go at it like American Gladiator style, uh, where, where they had the joust event, and they could joust each other with the uh, the logs of meat on a platform, and you know whoever got the advantage, you know, wins the fight, and it's over. Let's call it call it an over, and hug each other, and, and move on. But uh, yeah, this is this is just like the kind of story, I guess, as a journalist, this is the kind of story that. You know, you you have to take like five looks at the report to make sure you're reading it right because you almost don't believe what you're seeing because it's so out of left field and just strange. But um, it certainly does make for some interesting reading, though. I I mean, I'm kind of enamored with it right now, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, Brandon, we need to kind of spruce up our MMA fights. Um, You know, in wrestling, they've got these like no-holds-barred matches Man, maybe, you know, these women, you know, we sit there and say, oh, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're fighting stores. What's wrong with them? Well, maybe, maybe they could get like um, a bonus from like MMA or pro wrestling because they gave these guys an idea. Are are we going to (laughs) see these fighters fighting with 10 pound logs of ground beef?
2: Yeah. um, Well, you know, we have weirder, stranger, um reality television contest shows these days um and they come and go so fast you're like uh just kind of like amazed at what they can come up with so you know this is probably not far from the stranger one i would imagine
0: (laughs) yeah i can see this being a fox Midsummer replacement game show that's on for one wonderful- <laughs> August. You know, I mean, I can I can vision this, and yeah, the woman should be arrested. She's attacking somebody with ground beef, but you know, give her a, a what do you call it? like a finder's fee, you know, for coming up with this idea. I mean, this could work.
2: You know who they have to have host this this contest, Chris? Who's that? Gordon Ramsay. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. just like. Yeah. Just have him like, you're not using the beef, ground beef, beef correctly. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, oh.
3: He could unravel the the meat and then throw it at the loser or something and, you know, berate them like he does in the kitchen. So we need to come up with a cool name for this, like Meat Joust or Food Fight or something like that.
0: Well, you know, I mean, my the guys I like to watch that make me laugh. I'm liking the old grumpy guys. And, you know, the older Gordon Ramsay gets, he's turning to old guy, and he's definitely grumpy. So, yeah, I want to see more Gordon Ramsay. I follow him on Twitter. I guess he had, like, a British um, quiz show that he was doing. It's kind of like a a takeoff on The Weakest Link. And, you know, I'm like, yeah, I don't know if that's what Gordon Ramsay should be hosting. We need – yeah, we need – Something that could showcase the true Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, I'm, I'll be for that. Or maybe a Gordon Ramsay as our Jeopardy host. Are we into that?
3: <laughs> I think we've talked about Gordon Ramsay, or you know, someone like yelling at someone for getting something wrong. I think we've, I think we've discussed the Gordon Ramsay Jeopardy host. That'd be interesting, to say the least, with uh, to see whether or not he'd berate someone if they got a question wrong.
0: Yeah, I, I just need. He doesn't need to be a Jeopardy host. I, I want Gordon Ramsay, I want him doing something, like, content-wise. Like, I, I want to be able to go to Gordon Ramsey uh, for comment, you know, have him host a podcast or something. Or, you know, kind of like the old Blue Jackets coach, John Tortorella. I don't care <laughs> if he's a hockey coach. I just want to check in on John Tortorella where he's yeah. commenting on something. Hey, you know, I, I, I'd be a listener. I, I'd like that. Yeah.
3: They always bring a hot take,
0: that's for sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Hey, we got uh, more content uh, coming right after the show. These are interviews that uh, one we did late last week, and uh, Tyler, uh, we're scheduled to talk to him about 9 a.m. today. Uh, but check out Tyler Buchanan. He'll be on a little bit later today. Uh, we're going to have this with the podcast. Uh, Tyler wrote the story about Vax we're going to get his take on uh, what's happening with Jenna Powell and uh, vax 1000000 uh, And we also, late last week, talked to um, our friend Heidi Ward. Uh, she's at Point Park University in Pittsburgh. They're doing a new, interesting summer camp program. You say, hey, you're in Ohio, and why are we talking to somebody from Pittsburgh? Well, you can send your kids there. It's a week of you can hang out at Point Park, um, your kids can uh, they have counselors there? They have, um, um, you know, kind of people to watch the kids, and they can learn a bunch of uh, interesting activities um, this summer too at Point Park. So check out those interviews along with the podcasts. Uh, lots, uh, lots is happening. A lot of good things are going on. Um, Brandon, we're about the end. Um, anything you want to shout out before you leave for the day? Um. No, nothing that new to report. Okay, and Craig, anything on your mind before we take off? No, nothing today. Very good. Um, Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, this week with uh, Sear Point and Kings Island. I, I guess this was shout, checking out what's going to happen um, in the future there. And, you know, hey, stay safe out there with COVID. Um, Yeah, there is a desire to get out and start to do things. I, I I've got the same feeling. But be careful as you do it. I'm I hope for the best. I, I get a little nervous about some of the things that we talked about and saw over the weekend. But yeah, you know, just stay safe out there. Let's and as Brandon said, get vaccinated. Um, you know, if we do that, you know, it's our path to get out of this. And I'm looking forward to some of the stuff that we can do, but I'm a little squeamish right now. So hopefully we can get vaccinated and stay safe out there. Well, for Brandon and Craig, it's Chris. We'll see you tomorrow. As always, thanks for checking out the Ohio. Everyone have a great day. All right, back here on the Ohio with Ohio Capital Journal's Tyler Buchanan. He wrote a big story of the weekend about Jenna Powell. Uh, she's one of our um, representatives in Ohio, and she's trying to Stop. Vax a Million, the big lottery that's coming this week to Ohio. We got Tyler on to talk about it, and uh, we're releasing this today, but just in case anything happens, we're, we're having this conversation Monday morning. So this is what we know as of 9 a.m. Monday. Uh, Tyler, thanks for coming on. How's it going today?
1: Hey, I'm doing good. Always, always a pleasure to talk to you. And, yes, this is Monday. They have not yet drawn my name on Wednesday yes. <laughs> uh, to be a millionaire,
0: um, but I'm excited for when they do. So, you know, how that goes. I am. I am surprised. Um lots of jokes where I work about, hey, what's gonna oh, happen yeah. if you win? I'm surprised we didn't have to sign any agreements saying, Okay, you gotta be here if you won, you know. <laughs> I mean Yeah,
1: after
3: after the that's
0: the thing about a, a million dollars.
1: I mean, it sounds like it's life changing money, and it is for sure, but it's like then then it came out like you have to take it in a lump sum, which yes. means like I don't know what the taxes are off the top, but it's like a couple hundred grand. So by by the time it actually hits your bank account, it's you know it's around four or five hundred thousand. You're probably having to still go back to work anyway, but well,
0: And funny. by the time if you're if you're behind the bills, which I am, and if you're um if you
1: got oh, house and car to pay I'll off, I like I am. Yeah, I
3: mean, I'll, say 400K, I'll take four hundred
1: k. I'll take a hundred k. I hear you
3: i hear
0: you yeah my wife and i were saying if we won we'll probably be lucky at ten thousand bucks to spend on something we would enjoy after all the bills and taxes and all the crap so yes so it's gonna be exciting to see what ends up happening i don't know i mean yeah i'm rooting for one of us to win but i'm also rooting for chaos i mean i want somebody to win to be funny i want like the wexners to win or i want you know um I, we, we've already heard that, like, DeWine can't win or you said can't yeah, win. Yeah, they,
1: they put out something that, like, people I, – I, I, you'd have to read the fine print. It was something like people within government can't win and their families, which seems fair enough to me. I mean, if, like, Joe Schmo DeWine won, we would probably raise an eyebrow. But, yeah, it's that's – I mean, it's like that way, too, if you get, if anybody remembers, your listeners remember when Monopoly from McDonald's, they used to yeah. be McDonald's Monopoly, there used to be fine print that said a, a McDonald's workers can't win because there used to be some scandal that they were like stealing boardwalks and stuff. Anyway, that's for, yeah. probably for the best.
0: Well, I think a million bucks is big for anybody. Um, but like I wonder if it's somebody who we already recognize as rich, like you know, a rich business guy, a professional athlete or anything. I'd oh, be interested to see what they do. With Larry him. Larry Nance
1: Junior wins the backs a million or something. Yes. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, no, more more than likely it's gonna be like, you know, a, a Janine Smith from a Mansfield or some random, oh, yeah. you know, old lady, which good, and that's that's who we want. We want so you know, theoretically that's what the state of Ohio wants is somebody that needed to be vaccinated. So
0: I'm I'm kind of hoping for a, a anti vax supporter or oh. that maybe just got vaccinated mm-hmm. or like a Jim Jordan. I, I think that you
1: would- didn't tell their friends they were vaccinated situation yes. and then whoops, I won the vaccine. Million. And and this is what people should know. This is this is what's really interesting about it, is normally on a on a lottery, I, I don't know about Ohio, but like most states, when you win a big lottery, especially like the mega million or something, you can choose to remain anonymous, right? Right. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes, you know, you'll see the big press conference. They got the big, uh, you know, the big check or whatever. But a lot of states, you know, they let you stay anonymous, probably for the best, you know, that that, hey, I don't want the whole world descending on my doorstep just because they know I won, you know, X million dollars. That is not the case with Vaxmillion, And in fact, it's quite the opposite. And this is and this goes into what you know, what I've been telling people when when this first got introduced and people had a lot of questions, understandably, about like like wow, because this, this is a very unusual, strange you know program, and that's not to compliment it or or to denounce it. It's just to say this is an unusual thing to have a you know we have a government lottery now, but this is a this is a an unusual five million dollar over five weeks you know if you get something you know if you get a, a vaccine, normally it's just I buy a lottery ticket if I want to, and I win if I win, I lose if I lose. This is like the general public, um, you know, and it's not a forced thing. It's an optional thing. But um, I've been telling people to think of it this as a marketing program. Yeah. This is a vaccine marketing program in the same vein, in the same light as when, you know, you can't turn on a TV right now in Ohio. Um, I'm not complaining about this, but it's just to say you can't turn on a TV. You can't watch Jeopardy. You can't watch a basketball game without seeing uh, some kind of Ohio Department of Health, you know, we're all in this together, go get your shot, you know, any of those PSA ads, and they've been running those, you know, to the hilt, understandably. Um, This is the same vein as that. It's from the same pot of money. It's for the same purpose. This is a vaccine marketing program. And in that effort, whoever wins this, they're talking about putting their photos on billboards. They're talking about like having a big press conference. They're having like you know talking about a whole thing to promote. You know, hey, this is a regular Ohioan who went out, got their shot, um, and 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 they're gonna put them out there. So talk about the opposite of anonymous. They're gonna be, you know, if you or I win, we are the next. <laughs> we're yeah. part of the next Ohio marketing program, whether we like it or not, or we don't take the million.
0: <laughs> So, well, just think. Of it. I work for 21 daily newspapers across Ohio. I could guarantee it. The second that name gets announced, we're we're trying to find that person. And I'm not even talking oh, yeah. about wait for the obligatory press conference. If we could get a hold of them for a phone interview at 8 oh, p.m. Yeah. that night,
1: we're all over. I was just thinking about that. Insane. Is like is like whoever's name gets drawn in, you know, whatever tiny town in Ohio who whoever is the small town reporter in that one little county or community, or whatever, like talk about hitting the reporting jackpot. You're like, Ching. Oh, yeah. like, you better call them. You better, you better pull up your local, uh uh you know, yellow pages or whatever and find their name immediately. You'd have a great scoop for sure.
0: Well, and I'm thinking too, not just from a, like a local or a statewide as we are, I'm talking national. I mean, I, I'm sure because there oh. are other lotteries, but Ohio is the most, um ambitious one i guess in terms of money and everything i mean i'm sure this person's getting phone calls from the morning shows maybe a late night show and everything uh my wife is not a big media star she doesn't want to be on the media and she wants to win i say hey look if you win she wins she don't have a choice
1: and and like you're saying and and especially the first one the first drawing is just going to get a ton of attention and and The interesting thing is, again, this is all again, if you think of it as a vaccine marketing program, whoever wins and collects the million dollars, they're going to put them out there and they're going to say Johnny Smith or Janine Smith got their vaccine and won this million. So could you sign up for the next four weeks? Right. Ideally, I mean, if you're if you're DeWine, you are praying that whoever wins this first drawing is some like 38 year old from piqua ohio who they stick a microphone in front of his face and he says oh yeah i you know i not i'm anti-vax but you know i just wasn't i was lazy or i didn't you know i just didn't feel like going to get it for whatever reason i was gonna eventually but i just didn't but once i saw this vaccination million program going into wine that's what got me out you know they're like praying that whoever they get to win is somebody that got the vaccine between when they announced vaccination and when the when the drawing happened. Right. They'll take anybody. But I mean, that would be, that would really solidify the priority. I was like, aha, you see, that's what we were, that's
0: what we were looking for. And I'm wondering with the expectations from the state, you're right. I think there'll be an obligatory press conference, or maybe you make an appearance during a DeWine, you know, DeWine press conference you normally gives. Makes, makes sense. I kind of wonder though, do you have to accept every offer in terms of being interviewed? Yeah, you you probably need to show up to the DeWine press conference. You need to show up for the photo shoot or the video commercial they do. But I'm wondering, like, does the state get mad if you turn down CBS or uh, ABC? I mean, ideally,
1: ideally you want somebody that's like, you know, a publicity hound for the state, basically. But no, it's just to say, somebody posted the fine print, and it says on there, you know, we can use your likeness – for, for blah, blah, blah. In the same way, you know, when you buy a ticket to Cedar Point or to the Indians or whatever, on the back of your ticket says the same thing. We can, you know, you are giving us license. So that way, you know, when you see those photos of like like a roller coaster going over a hill and it's like a crowd of people on the train, they're all like have that like surprise look or whatever. Those are just random people. They took a random photo and then they slapped that photo on a billboard. Same thing as this. I, I mean, they're talking about whoever wins Maximilian, they're going to put a billboard on the highway that said you know, Johnny won a million. So, so let's get into, let's get into the, the, I guess the criticism. So what, what was unusual, I guess, for me, and you know, I haven't been covering the state house for years or decades or anything, but just in a couple of years and, and in the context of COVID, right. You know, this has been a very divided time, you know, as, as your listeners, your viewers know, and, In terms of what Governor DeWine has done on on COVID-19 and handling the pandemic and things, there's been a lot of divisiveness. But for the most part, you know, he's had his supporters within the Ohio State House. I mean, elected lawmakers and he's had his detractors. And typically speaking, on almost every issue, not every time, but pretty much every issue, Democrats have come out in favor of what he's been doing and Republicans have come out against. It's basically been that simple. And what was unusual about this was he announces this program and within like 24 hours, um, the response to it from the elected lawmakers was universally like they just trashed it. I mean, like, and, and there was not a, well, I think this is a bad idea, but I guess we'll wait and see. And if this ends up being successful, then... I'll eat my words kind of thing. No, this was like, this was like, I am here to say as the representative from district, whatever number, that this is a waste of taxpayer money. And I think DeWine is doing a cheap publicity stunt and, you know, COVID not a game show and, and all these things and just ripped it. And what was what was fascinating to me is, is I'm watching the lawmakers, again, Democrats and Republicans trash it. And meanwhile, you know, if you read Twitter, if you go out and you just talk to people, you know, just on the street and things like that, you know, everything I'm reading is pretty mixed. You know, you had people that thought it was brilliant. You had people thought it was like kind of like, eh, I don't know. I guess I'll wait and see. You had people that said like, man, this is kind of stupid. You know, that whole range of, of things. thing. It was definitely a range. No, on the lawmaker side, it was universe. I have not seen one lawmaker say one nice thing about this program. So, so that that's the context that comes into so Jenna Powell starts drafting a bill in private to um, to put a stop to vaccine million, and um, she hasn't formally introduced it. But we we got the exclusive that she was that she was working on this behind the scenes, basically. And so that's what we reported over the weekend um, was that she was working on this, and you know, and then we can get into you and I discussing, you know. How viable is this? Sometimes you introduce a bill and you're actually trying to get a pass. You're trying to make a change in the world. Sometimes you introduce a bill knowing it's it's DOA um, and it's not, you know, this is kind of where we find ourselves.
0: Well, I mean, we're sitting here at 9-18 on Monday morning. There's been no update. I mean, you know, you were saying Jen appeared on CNN, but other than kind of confirming your story, there wasn't a, hey, this is passing or this isn't passing. And you're right. And you said this in the story you wrote over the weekend. Look, time-wise, I mean, it probably can't even be addressed before the first drawing on Wednesday. Now, there's five drawings. Maybe it gets fast-tracked and we're hearing stuff in two to three weeks. I mean, do you think it's anything more than look? Jan's been critical of the wine in the past. Is this just hey, you know, I'm trying to do something about it? You know, more of a political play than, than really. I mean, that I'm sure she'd like to get it done if it can, but I think maybe it's more of a political thing than a hey, let's stop this lottery.
1: Yeah, and, you know, people that follow the legislature know that it's not typical that they work quickly.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. and that's
1: not you know we laugh but that that's not necessarily criticism i mean you know the the things they're working on are incredibly important and they oftentimes have a very large implication on the on the state of ohio so it's probably for the best that they're not you know rush, rushing to judgment on things and passing bills willy-nilly like it's a process this is how it goes and it's it's just inconceivable that you could it, it, this again this has not been formally introduced by formally i mean like you know we've got the the bill text and it's, and it's, we're going to hold committee hearings and then we're going to pat, you know, that, that hasn't even started yet. This is just like, I'm writing up what I want to be proposed. Right. And so, yeah, it's inconceivable that, that this is going to be passed. And again, you would expect DeWine to veto it. And so you'd have to then override the veto. We've seen how that's difficult Uh, all in a span of five weeks. You're not stopping this runaway freight train. And the thing about it is, is there's no legal challenge to this. Everybody's, you know, from the attorney general to the state auditor to, you know, everybody else in the legislature. No, no one seems to think that this is illegal. So there's no like immediate like stop the drawing. This isn't even allowed. Like, no, they they, everybody seems to agree it's allowed. They just don't like it. So so this isn't going to stop it. Why it's being done, you know, I would have loved to talk to Jenna Powell, yeah. Representative Powell, to, uh, to hear, uh, hear her um, out on, on why. But, you know, I, I, my presumption just from reading her posts and, and hearing her talk on CNN earlier this morning is, you know, th- this is the M.O. This is the M.O. from p- particularly the Republicans in the legislature to they just oppose every effort from Governor DeWine. Period. Whether it's instituting health orders, whether it's mask mandate, whether it's, you know, requirements that businesses have to have to, you know, have all the distancing and all the rules that the businesses had, whether it's, you know, just any anything coming from his executive branch, they they have either a not liked it, not liked a decision on its face, b been mad that he did it unilaterally and didn't come through them or see both. So I think they just, I think they saw this and, and your, your viewers should understand and remember the context here. DeWine announced his fax a million what was this two weeks ago in the same press conference or, or it wasn't a press conference. It was a statewide address in the same address as when he announced that he was uh, rescinding the health orders, right? Right. So he said, "Hey, in June second or whatever the date was, I think that's it. Uh, in a couple of weeks, all the health orders are going to be gone. Also, I'm announcing this vaccine million. Right. And those health order, that health order, uh, you know, removal is exactly what Republicans wanted. They've been fighting tooth and nail for him to, you know, take the mask mandate off. We want Ohioans to have freedom again. You know, we're moving on. Let's go. And they finally got what they wanted. And then 20 minutes later." Comes this Maximilian program, and you could just you can almost like gleam from these statements from the politicians that are critical of him, where they're they're just thinking like, man, here we go again. Here's Governor Dewine announcing another program, announcing another five million bucks, and we didn't, they didn't know about it, and uh, you know they didn't come to us about it, and. and and it's just another one of those things. And so round and round we go again. So so so, yeah, in terms of the efficacy of like, are you actually going to stop this vaccine million? It would seem, you know, I'll put it this way. They're also debating a sports betting bill and that's not enacted yet either. But if I was a betting man, I would put it at one hundred to one that you're you're going to have these drawings. Well, what's interesting to me is, again, I started out by talking about how this is a bipartisan. The lawmakers hate it, left and right. I'm fascinated if this bill gets formally introduced, do we see any Democrats sign their name on yeah. this thing? Because they were at, they were against it, too. Now, it's one thing to put out a statements. Another thing to put your money where your mouth is. At least Jenna Powell is putting her money where her mouth is. She hates the vaccine. Million, and she's going to write a bill to oppose it. What she thinks. Let's see if the Democrats join her. I don't
0: know. Yeah, I told you for the interview. I mean, you know, at least she appeared on CNN. You know, her political party doesn't typically do that, so at least she kind of walked into a lion's stem for her. And um, you had some questions about how she answered the questions, but yeah, you know, at least she appeared, and you know, did her best with that. Yeah. Um, I I kind of wondered too. I'm really nervous as we get past uh, June second, where we're dropping the orders. I was telling you I was watching the PGA Championship you know, yay, Phil Mickelson, you know, congratulations for winning the title, but it was a wild scene there. And when I first turned it on, I thought I was watching, you know, the uh, ESPN classic where, you know, I was seeing a golf for 10 years ago, ton of people there. It's in South Carolina. I know they're looking at things differently, but I'm kind of wondering, I mean, we're saying the right things. We're saying getting fully vaccinated and everything. I don't know how you're going to be able to tell that. I saw a college softball game in Oklahoma full crowd, everyone going crazy, didn't see that main mask at all. I don't know how we're going to do it, Tyler. And I don't mean to be this fearful, I'm going to hide in my house for the rest of my life. But, I, I mean, I'm fully vaccinated, which is great, but we're still struggling. And I, I mean, Ohio, yeah. we got well enough to get to 45% after a million. Maybe we'll cross 50 in the next couple of weeks. But that still really isn't that great of numbers, you know? Yeah
1: yeah we are seeing states that are i'll put it this way we're seeing states that are much higher than 50 percent, and we are not yet there and that's a and that's again not to bring it back to vaccine million but in representative powell's district the two counties that she represents this is this is far western ohio on the indiana border you know probably an hour or so north of cincinnati so this is rural ohio this is trump territory for sure and these are not counties that are that are very high on the, uh, on the vaccination rate, I'll put it that way. One of them was at like 28%, I think, and the other one was like 36%, which is pretty awful. Um, but yeah, no, what, so what you're talking about, You know, it's tough because for people, we've been conditioned the past, what, 15 months now to be kind of fearful and be very mindful of um, you know public settings and group settings and things of that nature. And seeing, seeing as you mentioned the mob, you know, walking down the 18th hole with Phil Mickelson yesterday. Yeah, I, I know what you mean about being kind of like, being like, "Whoa, this is this is unusual." It's rough to see. And you know, this is the return to normal. I think the Cincinnati Reds and Cleveland Indians are both gearing up for, you know, full attendance uh, or most attendance pretty soon. Kings Island and Cedar Point are both open. It's one of those things where because it's an outside event and it's, you know, good weather, people are going to go back out there. You just hope you hope and hope and hope that people are getting vaccinated and they'll be out there and the risk is minimal to none. Until we get to that high vaccination rate, it's not minimal to one. Minimal to none. It's better that it's outside. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it, the spread. Is, it's it's extremely difficult for for COVID nineteen to spread outside compared to inside. That we know, we know that for sure. Um, you just hope that people are being responsible and they say, "Hey, if I am going to go to a Cleveland Indians game and I'm I got a stranger on my left, I got a family on my right that I don't know. Hey, we're all good. We're vaccinated. Let's get have a hot dog. Let's watch the game." Um, if you're not, then we're gonna just keep seeing this.
0: Yeah. You know, it's yeah. still
1: going down, but it's still kind of lingering. And it would be nice if this didn't linger and we could just like nip this in the bud. So,
0: what? Well, yeah, I just—it's—it's it's awkward to brand people. I'm not talking about microchipping people to say you're vaccinated. But the hard thing is, yeah. how do we know? You know what I mean? Yeah, we, we've got that, to take a day.
1: that is a conversation for a different day, unfortunately. Yeah. About like about like. You know, you start getting into vaccine mandates, you start getting into Republicans are very opposed to any kind of uh, uh, pa- vaccine passports or any kind of proof of vaccine or things like that. A lot of opposition there. You think the opposition of Vax Million is big. Uh, any kind of vaccine mandate and you'll see, you will see the fire. <laughs> okay. um, but, it, but like you said, in the absence of that, it makes it very difficult. And, and more or less, it relies on the honor system. You 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 are you are hoping that the person next to you, the stranger next to you at the game, is indicating to you by his presence there that he's vaccinated.
0: And with and the, the, the guidance
1: is not the guidance is don't hang out two feet next to a stranger outside unless you're not without a mask unless you're unless you're vaccinated. So it's under system.
0: And with the it's tone of our policy. Feet. <laughs> and and you're exactly right. You called it ripe right, off the tone of our politics in the past year. I don't know if I could trust ABS the honor system. You know, it's just so tough. Well I don't blame uh, you. Let's leave it at this. I'm sure if you win, you'll need to talk to Ohio Capital General first. I mean you probably need to give them the yeah. first interview. But I'll talk to you second, and I promise you guys if I win. I probably will have to do the Jackie Borcher interview first or whatever. Course, but of course. I'll be guys second. How about that? Well Sounds good. We'll, we'll I I, I pledge
1: whatever week that I win that following Monday I'll be on the show. I promise.
0: Yes. Be good. I always I wonder what's gonna be for us media people, if somebody from the media wins. How awkward oh, yeah. if, if if yeah,
1: yeah, if one of the random reporters in the state has press court, that would be very funny. I'm actually I'm rooting for it for sure. I I want somebody I know to win, not because I want their money. I just not because I want to like ask them for money, but it would be cool to be like I know that
0: guy. That would be funny. Let me throw out the name. I know I I know you don't like it when I do this, but I'm rooting for complete chaos. I don't think he's gotten vaccinated, but our... Our colleague in the state house who isn't attending the press conference anymore. I mean, what about Jack Windsor? Oh, it's like Jack got back there yeah. once. Wouldn't that be great? You know? <laughs> that'd be one of
1: those. That'd be one of those. Like Governor Dewine drawing a name out of the hat, and he like before he says it out loud, he reads it, and then he like puts it aside and draws out. He's like, yes, he's like, oh, this this slip of paper's blank. I yes. guess I should draw <laughs> another name. So well, anyway,
0: it's interesting because I think they're actually drawing the name today. And they're actually verifying it, so you kind of wonder. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, you that kind of makes some if, sense. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're not accusing them of corruption or anything, but you gotta wonder if there is a weird name being drawn, if they could be just like, "Oh, he didn't qualify. Let's draw another name." So, sh- should be interesting. Well, hey, this well, is probably going to be the first time I'm ever going to watch a high lottery drawing live. I mean, I bet you the range for that would be sky high, through the roof. I mean, yeah. it's going to be crazy. So, all right. Well, as always, thanks for your time. Check out his article on Jenna Powell. It appeared in the Ohio Capital Journal over the weekend. Also appeared on a lot of um, Gannett papers, even the USA Today blog over the weekend. So, uh, thanks for your coverage. And uh, hang on for a sec afterwards. And everybody else, have a great day. Thanks for listening to Ohio. All right, welcome back to the Ohioan, and I always like Point Park. I like talking to people over there. Uh, maybe it's partly because I'm a big Pittsburgh sports fan. I I like the Steelers and the Penguins. But, hey, you know, Point Park's a great place. You might say, hey, this is the Ohioan. Why are we talking about Pittsburgh School? Well, they've got all kinds of programs for students, and, you know, they can house your student uh, for summer camp programs. And I got with me Heidi Ward from Point Park. And uh, talking about some of the summer camp programs they're offering there at the school. First of all, how do you take come on? We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. So tell me about these summer programs. And I was excited to hear that, you know, you might say, wow, uh, you know, this doesn't make sense for somebody from Ohio, but you guys have places where your kids can stay at Point Park. They'll be watched over and everything. Uh, tell me about what you guys are offering this summer.
4: Yeah, absolutely. We are excited for the 2021 season. Um, last season, we were all virtual. So we offered all of our summer programs through Zoom and, and various online platforms. So it's been a, a minute since we've connected with our community. So we're really looking forward to uh, getting into the programs and we offer a wide variety of uh, programs, mostly geared towards high school students. So these are students that are looking to expand upon their career, or, um, you know, get away from home and, and kind of experience that college life, and um, they get to do that by living in residential dorms. So they're going to live right downtown in the heart of Pittsburgh. So also just a great opportunity to experience a city and what it's like living um, on, on your own in, in a dorm room with other students your age. So programs kick off in the middle of June and end right at the beginning of August. So about seven weeks worth of various summer programs. So it's a fun um, and tedious season.
0: So I'm assuming it'd be like a typical college. Like I'm assuming you'll have like RAs that are looking, you know,
4: you know it yes we have various advisors and chaperones that uh keep track and really support our minors that are on campus we take students as young as 14 years old um we do have a service learning camp that um is all around civic engagement and that one is open to middle schoolers so um that's our only one but everything else is for high schoolers and yes there are chaperones in place to keep everyone um smooth sailing good
0: good very good um yeah, it, it sounds like you got a really great diversity of programs here. I see everything from accounting to athletics, cinema arts, communication, dance, uh forensic yeah. science, engagement. It's yeah, a little
4: it was, bit like everything- for like everybody. It's true, yes, and we have a couple of new ones this um, this year. We have a theater intensive, um, and this is one of the first uh, summer theater intensives that Point Park has offered, and it'll be in the Pittsburgh Playhouse. So um, that's our brand new, it's a 60,000 square foot building, and so it's Beautiful and so gorgeous, and what a great opportunity to learn in that space. And we also are offering an esports program, which is definitely new for this region specifically. Um, so, esports is uh, electronic video games, online gaming. But how do you kind of bridge those gaps between gaming, but also a future career? So that's something we're we're looking to expand upon and happy to offer it.
0: Yeah, the esports is interesting. Um- because obviously, you know, you might sit and say, well, your kids would love to do it because they like playing video games. But like you said, you're looking at more from the career opportunities that are available in eSports too.
4: Yeah. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a combination, right? You're going to have some lectures and then you're going to have lab time coaching or scrimmaging. Right. And Mm -hmm. you know, those lectures are how do you take care of yourself when you're behind a computer all day? All of us are really stuck behind a computer all day. So, you know, you can use it in esports, but we can also use it as people. How do you take care of your, um, your body? And then, you know, other things about, you know, do you want an agent? What if you, um, end up making it into the professional leagues? Um, you have to have business skills, marketing skills, Sponsorships, you know, there's all this back layer outside of esports that you can really explore.
0: Now, I may have to pass myself off as a high schooler because I see you have a going pro for your podcast, and all of us <laughs> want to be podcasters. Always interested in that. Uh, it sounds like a great program, especially for a high schooler that may want to dip their toes into the podcasting world.
4: Yes, absolutely. So, our going pro with your podcast is going to be hosted in our CMI, our Center for Media Innovation. So students will really get comfortable with the equipment and go out into the field and interview people. And um, we'll pick a theme most likely, and then combine them and and put together a show similar to this, which will be fun. And um, yeah, it's a a good chance for students to really get that real world experience and actually try to interview and then edit it and put it together. Um, and the equipment, right? A lot of people don't have the equipment you need to, to do some of these things.
0: And it looks like most of your programs are for, as you said, um, you know, high schoolers, but you've got um, your dance program. It's available for people up to 30. Uh, is that your only one that's available for young adults?
4: So our, um, uh, international summer dance program, um, that one is open to up to age 30. So that's more of a training and an intensive. We do take high school students for that, but that program, we've been operating for 30 over 30 years, which is quite amazing. And, um, we take people from all over the globe this year. It's been very challenging to try to connect with international students, given travel restrictions with COVID, but, um, we have uh, many people that come from Canada and Mexico, Spain, Brazil. And to really see everybody, you know, this unique group of students come together um, is amazing. They take dance classes from like, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. I, I can't say I could do it, but watching these students, they're uh, amazing athletes.
0: Well, it's neat because you guys are offering, I mean, they're very educational, but they're ones that are kind of fun things that I'm sure a lot of high schoolers are interested in. Um, You've got an accounting program, but I I like how you have, um, you know, it's part of the National Association of Black Accountants. So you're offering opportunities to people who may not normally have opportunities in accounting, which is great.
4: Yeah, Point Park has been able to, you know, partner and collaborate with a lot of wonderful organizations and summer is the perfect time to um, get students the opportunities that they normally don't have access to during the school year. So the ACAP program, as as we call it for short, um, is a a great opportunity and you learn about accounting and business and you hear from presenters and speakers uh, from various corporations in Pittsburgh and so students walk away and, and actually are able to think, is this something I want to do? Is this a career I could see myself in? Um, and most of, what I find so interesting is most of our students who are currently registered for that are females. And so it's interesting yeah. to see the shift in that. And um, it's exciting that that opportunity is there for them.
0: Yeah, if you have a kid that's interested in accounting, yeah, definitely push them for that. I, mean, that's, I know, right? like a fun I
4: can't offer. say I was ever one that was like, gotta, you know, get into that accounting. But it's amazing that people have that passion and, um, you know, we can help them pursue that.
0: Well, I still need to get finished my taxes. So maybe I can send my taxes <laughs> over and, that's you know, it. they could practice with that. Um, hopefully someone will check over their work just so, you know, I don't get audited to say don't do it right. right.
4: That's right. But, <laughs> that yeah, i will hey, be great. Yeah, I
0: mean, that'll be good. I'm just trying to slough off my work on uh, these poor kids. Right. <laughs> yeah. They do so. some
4: really good projects. And, you know, and and in addition to, of course, going to classes during the day because they're living on campus, they then can experience some extracurricular activities in the evenings. So um, we like to have various events and crafts and and group outings down to the point, um, which is our local park. And um, it should be fun. Pittsburgh actually just announced that they're gonna have fireworks for 4th of July. And so the most of these summer programs fall over 4th of July. So I think that'll be a nice added bonus for a lot of these students is to have a fun uh, 4th of July downtown.
0: Now, we're going to include a link because you've got a nice big um, summer programs page. Um, right. These are held at different times, mostly for June and July. I'm seeing here that the registration is now open. What do you recommend? Because obviously if these kids are going to be staying there for the week, you know, you know, we can't register the day before or the morning of. Uh, is there a good deadline that you should think about that you want to make Absolutely. sure you register by?
4: Yes. Yeah, so there's a, a lot of you know logistics that go in on the back end to make sure we're successful and everyone has a good time. So our registration closes Monday, May 31st. So we are in the final countdown. Um, The only thing we may do is extend the deadline for some of our July programs. We are most likely anticipating extending the deadline for programs that start later in the season. But if you're looking to attend a program in uh, June or very beginning of July, I recommend getting on our website and um, clicking. We have a register today button and it takes you through the steps that you need to do by Monday, May 31st.
0: And at the bottom of the website, they've got the email address and they've got the phone number to call. So if you're sitting there going, man, if, can I be an exception? There's a number in the email that you can um, ask and um, see if Heidi can help you out with that. So it should be good.
4: Yeah, we're normally as accommodating as possible. Um, you know, we want to connect with our community and help them learn and grow. Um, and so, yeah, feel free to reach out. It's either myself or I have a team that that helps me go through emails and connect with parents and, um, you know, our only thing is for COVID, you know, we are requiring everybody to wear masks this season and, of course, staying on ground uh, as a resident. So we feel um, confident and looking forward to a safe season as well.
0: But it sounds like a great program. I know, like, a lot of times in high school, maybe you've not been away from home before. And, you know, like you said, they'll be secure. They're not going to let them yeah. run around campus alone. But then on the other hand, being able to get away sometimes is a – a great tool to have kids grow up, you know, which is good. So very yeah, we good. Well, are, thanks Heidi. Yeah. Uh, again, we'll have the link on our, on the, to your website, on our podcast. So definitely check out Heidi. I appreciate your time. I always yeah. like hearing about Point Park. I remember visiting that before I chose my college and yeah, a lot of good things about there. So thanks of for course. coming out, yeah. we,
4: out. We appreciate it. And um, you know, regardless, we hope everyone has a wonderful summer. It's kind of fun. You yeah. you can, start getting back into the you know the routine and um yeah we look forward to connecting with other community members thanks for your time chris and you know be sure to visit point park come downtown
0: <laughs> yeah definitely we'll do it as soon as i can get back to pittsburgh i'm exactly. it's getting bare of covid so i'm trying to dip my toe out there so i can i uh, get back yeah. over. There. yeah talk? just
4: you know pop over to the neighbor say hi <laughs> and we'll be there
0: <laughs> yeah definitely definitely well thanks i hang up for a second afterwards Uh, But thanks
2: for your time. Thanks for everyone for checking out the Highland. Y'all have a great day. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley.
0: Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun.